My mother-in-law hates me and makes no bones about it when she and I are alone. My husband doesn't believe me and she even gloats about that. Uh, we have we have to attend family functions at her home that about once a month. It used to be more frequent, but after I put my foot down, my husband agreed that monthly would be sufficient. The problem is that the problem is that after each visit, I wind up with a bad case of diarrhea. My husband does not, or my husband does not. I don't know if I, if the other in-laws are affected because if I asked, it would get back to her. I suspect that my mother-in-law is putting something in my food or drink. Last time, I barely made it home before being struck down. Now I'm considering getting some adult undergarments uh, to make sure I don't ruin the car's upholstery on the ride home from her place. Um, do you have any advice? This is from Running to the Hills. <laughs> I don't have any advice. Um, okay. I don't know. We live in the 21st century, so when I get diarrhea, even if it's consistently after the same activity, I don't immediately think someone's poisoning me. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe, like, it could be stress-related. Okay. Let's go there. Let's uh -huh. start there. Let's okay. start with that premise. Okay. Even if she makes no bones about hating her daughter-in-law, I don't think some old lady is poisoning her. Okay, okay. I just can't. I just can't in the 21st century think that someone is, like, just to... Just to fuck with people, poisoning them. Let me tell you, this isn't what I thought. This isn't the the tack that I think that I anticipated you take on this, and I'm glad because um, my my mother-in-law hates me. Well, no, 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 I'm, so, I'm saying the, our, you you might. We'll we'll wait on that. But anyway, <laughs> Cindy, I, so, Cindy, I'm gonna need you to dial in and let us know if you hate me. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, I guess just be. So you're going the paranoia track. You think that? Yeah, she's, I think. I mean, well, okay, so this is really two issues to me. Uh -huh. um, the diarrhea is an issue, and then the mother-in-law relationship is an issue. So, from someone who automatically... Okay, you know me. You're my husband. Yep. I automatically assume that everyone hates me. Kind of as course. Uh, regular course. That is a personality trait that you have. Yeah, and I also assume... Paranoia strikes deep. Um, <laughs> immediately, if someone says something... I make it really personal. Like, uh -huh. oh, like, they didn't eat the carrots I cooked. That means I'm a horrible cook. Uh -huh. And maybe they just don't like carrots. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but I assume it has to do with me. Uh -huh. And so I think that maybe, you know, especially from a mother-in-law, someone you're seeking acceptance from, she could be misconstruing things. Mm -hmm. Because all she says is that she makes no... Like, she makes no qualms about it when they're alone. When she, what, when she's alone, basically her mother-in-law is saying, I fucking hate you, bitch. And also, I know that your husband knows or doesn't believe you when I tell you that I hate you. So she's fucking not only saying, bitch, I hate you, yeah, but... I think you read a little into that. Okay, well, she, that's that's exactly what she says. So, I mean, I don't know. But you're you're saying that you think that... It's all a coincidence that it's like, not necessarily. I just don't think it's the the way to start. She doesn't specify how many times this has happened, and maybe right. that'd be helpful information. I like, think like it's just not the place to start with a conversation. I need more information. Okay. I, mean, I need to know what exactly mom in law says. Uh -huh. I need to know. I want to hear from husband uh -huh. or a partner. Uh -huh. I don't know that it's specified. Uh -huh. I'm glad. Um, because I want to hear 
from him or her. Did it say a him? I don't remember. Yeah, it, uh, this husband. is the wife okay. and husband situation. Um, and like, I want to just, I don't know, I just feel like jumping to the fact that she hates me might be jumping to a conclusion. And also jumping to the fact that she's fucking poisoning you might be Sure, sure. I think with the information that we have, and I, I was fucking stammering all over my, I haven't done this for a while, I was stammering all over myself trying to read that and kind of watch the fucking levels on the audacity at the same time. But uh, basically the information we know is she used to go over more than once a month. Now it's going once a month. Is shitting her fucking brains out every time afterward and no one else is? That's what she knows. And she also knows that mother-in-law hates her, tells her she hates her, and makes fun of her because her husband doesn't believe her. Um, but your, your take is basically that even if that's the case, it's more likely than not she's not being fucking poisoned. Right. It could be the stress of the situation also making her, sure. her uh, sure. bowels move quickly. Uh-huh. And as Who a person, like, I shit my brains out all the time. And I, I guess, like, I... I never, never blame anybody else. Maybe you're, maybe you're poisoning me. Could be. <laughs> Wait and see. Back in this thing, it's been like fucking five, six months, something like that. I don't know. Since this is like September, um, and I'm not only are we back um, with another Dear Jacqueline, but um, Running to the Hills is back with the follow-up Dear Jacqueline. <laughs> Running to the Hills is back, like the same lady. Yeah, welcome back. Okay, okay, here okay. We go. So let's let's see if we learned. Let's see if Jacqueline's take on the situation was right or wrong, folks. Buckle up. Dear Jacqueline, a couple months ago, you answered my letter asking for advice regarding a situation involving my hateful mother-in-law, whom I suspected of tainting my food or drink at family functions at her home. You had suggested swapping out plates with my husband to see if my mother-in-law would react. Let's pause there for a second to say, Prudy was at least playing along with the shtick. She was like, eh, this seems locked up. Let's let's do some shenanigans to get into it. Let's get more information. Let's yeah. do some information. Yeah, I, 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 I let's like, test some hypotheses. I like where Prudy was going with that. Test some hypotheses. Um, so you had suggested that. However, as you noted, uh, that would have required bringing my husband into my confidence. I did not feel it was wise to do that because he already didn't believe me that his mother treated me badly. But the next function was at Easter. Well, she man. provided a traditional prime rib dinner, set up buffet style, and I could see no way that that could be problematic. However, when we arrived at her home, the dinner table was set with place cards. In front of each, in front of each of us was a ramekin of horseradish sauce and a small pitcher of au jus. <laughs> when nobody was looking, I switched the ramekin and the pitcher with my husband's place in mine. After my husband and I returned home, he became racked with diarrhea, but I was not at all ill. <laughs> in the morning, I told him that I had switched the horseradish and au jus. He looked at me with such hatred in his eyes that I knew he had known all along what his mother was up to. His, okay. only, his only words were to accuse me of poisoning him. I quickly packed a couple of bags and raced out of there. 
I have hired a divorce lawyer and I won't be looking back. Thank you and your commenters for your advice and your concern. So I think... Okay. <laughs> I think I also need to know like what kind of diarrhea we're talking about here. Like, she sounds a little dramatic. Oh, no. Oh, no. She was shitting her fucking brains out. Her mother-in-law thought it was just hilarious to drop X-lax into her Raju and, and make her shoot her brains out. And... What kind of person just does that? Just toys with people. Like, if she really hated her daughter-in-law, she'd be trying to kill her fucking ass. Or get rid of her. But just, like, inconveniencing her isn't a good play. Just torture like, her. Like, isn't a good play? Just, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, this is not making damn sense. I, I don't like it. I, I believe you running to the hills. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you're getting divorced. I... Um, running to the hills, did you hire my husband as your divorce attorney? Because this is just whack. It's just dumb. I I don't like it. No way. She sounds dramatic. <laughs> Jacqueline doesn't buy the story. Okay, folks, you heard it here. Um, Prudy did, and I guess I got a sign with Prudy on this one. Um, nah. Okay, okay. Um, dear Jacqueline, uh, it sounds like a bad joke. But my cheating husband stepped into the street, got hit by a semi, and died. Instead of going through a difficult divorce, I have inherited all of his assets, and I'm a very wealthy woman. I have no idea how to feel about any of this. I held a memorial and didn't stay very long. I felt like a fraud. Friends told me that his mistress showed up in tears. Apparently, she's a single mom, and my husband was paying for her apartment in her son's private school. Am I crazy to want to reach out and maybe help her? My circle of friends runs the gamut from glee to indifference about her fate. My husband and I have been drifting apart for a while when, before he died. I can't process anything right now, rationally, and could use an outside perspective. So, Jacqueline, what do we tell this woman? Um, I guess she didn't. I didn't get her name, but uh, what do we tell this um, this poor woman in her plight? Well, she doesn't sound like she's having much of a plight, <laughs> to be perfectly frank. Uh, sounds like she won the fucking lottery. Uh -huh. um, no, I mean, okay, here's the thing. Like, you're human, so I understand you might have some feelings about this woman. I know I certainly would. But shit, like, if you want to help her out... She's around, you know how to contact her, do it. Yeah. Who gives? Uh-huh. Who cares? Oh, yeah. You could be fast friends. Uh-huh. I mean, who knows? I don't know <laughs> if I would be able that's, to. See, do... see that's what I was, I yeah, was like... wondering. I was wondering, not so much like, yeah, obviously the answer, the short answer is like, do it if you want to. If yeah. you feel like you should, do it. But I was more wondering, what does Jacqueline do in this situation? Oh, okay. I Okay, first of all, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I knew my husband was cheating, and take this as a warning to your husband, co-podcaster, uh -huh. um, he wouldn't have lived long enough for the semi <laughs> to fucking murder him. You'd okay? have thrown me at fucking in the street. Was I driving a semi? <laughs> Maybe. I may have been driving the semi. So... Um, it wouldn't really be a non-issue. Fucking back truck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. It would be a bit of a non-issue um, if Jacqueline was the wife in this situation. Because, basically, your ass would not have been 
walk in the streets to get hit by a semi after me finding out about this infidelity. <laughs> um, well, you got to make it look like an accident to cash in on that life and I insurance. Still, so I certainly would probably... Did she throw him in the street? Maybe. Huh? I certainly would have never probably gotten to the point of the memorial. <laughs> so I probably wouldn't have um, known about Sister Sue, who you were cheating with, um, being sad or anything like that. So... I just can't imagine myself getting this far <laughs> along in a scenario like this. Okay. Um, to even play along, but I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I I wouldn't give the money. Yeah. If, if I had had some sort of relationship with the woman beforehand or the child, maybe. But if it's just a stranger, yeah. hell no. Yeah. If I could, I'm taking my millions and running, fellas. Fellas. If I can give you a piece of legal advice for all you, <laughs> all you fellas out there with a second family, um, if you're worried about like you know their um, financial well-being, you know if your psychotic wife finds out and throws you into in front of a fucking Mack truck, um, we'll just we'll just ignore the fact that he just called me psychotic. Um, then I don't, no, I wasn't saying you. I was saying the woman that threw this. The, the murdered her husband in this situation. Um, if you're worried about the the welfare of your of your second family, you should probably just like you know get a will or set up a Absolutely. trust. Absolutely, <laughs> do some estate planning. You gotta you you have to foresee these um, homicidal situations and um, plan accordingly. Well, I mean, if he gave a shit. About his mistress and her child, which he obviously seems to do if he's paying his private school tuition. He should have taken care of a few things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hard agree there. Okay. with an old boyfriend, um, Jim, that ended abruptly two weeks ago when I got an email from a friend saying, check this out. Um, the email had a link to CNN. I clicked on the link and a page with a video player showing a picture of the guest bedroom in my house open. Huh? I later noticed that my friend's email had, had an eight change to a three. And the CNN link was actually a hypertext link to... IP address slash my name. Basically, it went, it's a IP address. Live her name. Yeah. yeah. I clicked play and a message popped up. I know you're watching. I had a full-blown panic attack as I watched a 53-minute, high-res, clear-sound video featuring Jim and me. 
No one besides Will, my husband, could have been in the house. There's an alarm system. He's also a computer engineer. He'd know exactly how to do all of this. I gave Jim the link. He's married and panicked too. I couldn't find a trace of the camera and was physically sick with anxiety by the time Will got home from work. He said nothing about the video. Just asked me what was wrong, so I said, I've got a bug. Hope it's not COVID. <laughs> the next day, the site disappeared. For the past two weeks, the video hasn't been mentioned, and nothing's changed. Will has stopped saying I love you, and the only time he touches or kisses me is when we're having sex. That started about six weeks ago, and I know, and now I know why. I thought maybe it was too much self-quarantine time together. I don't know what Will's game is. He's torturing me by making me live in constant fear of an angry confrontation and or a marriage crashing and burning. Is he waiting for COVID to end before divorcing me since it would be so hard to date someone now? We're companionable and he gets sex whenever he wants because I feel guilty and hope it will somehow atone for my transgressions. He's planning to shame me with the video or or is he planning to shame me with the video or threaten it or threaten to in the future? The thought of him making me watch it with him makes me cringe. Is he waiting for me to come clean? Sometimes I think I should end the charade, admit to a huge mistake, and beg forgiveness. I'd agree to a hall pass or whatever he wants, but I'm afraid of what will happen. I don't know what to do. At this point, I don't even know why I had an affair. Things were good between us. Maybe COVID boredom. Help. Okay. Jacqueline, what do we tell Surveil? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Hi. Hi, sweetie. Um, it's well. a tense situation in the surveilled household. Is the theme today infidelity? I'm um, it's not sitting well. Oh, not a sitting lot of well. these, a lot of the how to do it are there. Okay, but. okay, that's beside the point. Um, Miss Surveilled, Senorita Surveilled. A little saying I've been using, maybe overusing a little bit lately, has been. I believe applicable now to this situation. Don't worry, be happy. Uh, absolutely <laughs> fucking not. Um, is play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's a good one. Yeah. So I feel like... Um, what about don't hate the player, hate the game? Fuck the player <laughs> and the game. Okay? That's how I feel yeah, Fuck them all. Um, so when surveilled is, obviously, Jim and Will... I think Will has very Jacqueline energy. Oh, yeah, that's why I picked this. This is totally Jacqueline. <laughs> you like, don't have, I mean, Will's got a patience that I don't think that you have. But yeah, like probably not. He is very, very, very Jacqueline. -esque. Yeah, I think like the slow simmering burn isn't really my style. I'm more uh, eruptive. Um, volatile immediately upon hearing <laughs> bad news um, or finding something out. But... His ability to stay cool, calm, and collected for the long game to set up a security cam and controller ass with it is pretty great. How like, much of a big dick play is it to fucking have the video? Oh, yeah. Go through this whole elaborate scheme. Yeah. Because, you know, like, he got rid of the camera in time. Like, so yeah. she wouldn't look for it, couldn't find it. Like, he yeah. set this all up. And then, like... It's brilliant. Like, I love Will. Yeah. I I'm Team like, Will right yeah, now. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Will's awesome. Um, she's she's more like upset. Movie. Yeah, she's less upset, I think, that she was filmed and more upset that she got caught. Oh, yeah. Um, Because she even says, like, I don't know why I did it at this point. You know? It's not about the fact that she's scared of Will filming her in other situations or using it against her. 
She doesn't mention that at all. She just mentions that, like... She just doesn't want him to, throw, like... She just didn't want him to know. Revenge porn her. Yeah. And, and like, she's, like, she's more worried about herself at this point. Because, yeah. like, if she really gave a shit, she'd be like, hey, you caught me. Right. Like, like it was very dumb and, like... Right, but she was, like, she tried in turn to play the long game uh, back and, like, uh, they're not talking. And like, God, it's, it's super... <laughs> it's, like, you know, Will almost had a break when he when he slipped up and asked her what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, he gave her... Like, he tried he to give her the out. Yeah. And then she didn't take it. And then... Then thankfully got back into character and said, "Oh no, well that's great. Hope you don't have COVID, bitch." Like, um, so yeah, like, what do you t- what do you tell this person? I tell surveilled like, you need to make a decision. Um, is this something that you can forget and move the fuck on about because you fucked up first, uh-huh. kind of situation, uh-huh. or is it something that's going to bother you? Yeah, and if it's something that's going to bother you, you need to cut the cord. It's time for you to leave. Or third option, are you comfortable living in a horror movie? Because that's like that's basically what she's in right now. Like well, by her own fucking doing <laughs> yeah, though. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like, not like this seems like it definitely seems like a plot to some like movie you would have seen like five, six years ago yeah. when like the home camera was first becoming a thing. Like like, oh, I'm caught, but I can't admit that I'm caught. Well, yeah, the easy thing is to be like admit that you're caught. And then you either get a divorce or you don't, but yeah. like What's what's the alternative not knowing? The- and, and obviously, I think that my option to cutting and going is really the only viable option long term for this couple in the sense that um, she expresses some other issues in their relationship throughout her monologue about asking for help, uh-huh. communication, physical affection, things that are obviously issues uh-huh. with or without Jim being in the picture. She chose to turn to Jim as a result or in reaction to those issues. So I think that there are problems galore yeah. under which they need to, uh, of which they need to address. Yeah. Period. Well, you know, while while Will is like fucking thug as shit for being able to like <laughs> maintain his like serial killer like cool, at the same time, you know, if we're going for is this going to be a relationship that you can repair on after you communicate? Probably not. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, I think the best, funniest scenario basically is she admits it all, and then he's like, "I didn't set up any camera. What the hell are you talking about?" And then is like devastated, and turns out it was all some like, you know, hackers or some shit. That'd be funny, but realistically, Will's just a psychopath. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she is a coward, and they need to figure it out. A one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, what do we got? What do we got in the old? archives here um here's one dear Jacqueline um, yes yes dear listener this is from a a, a listener named guilty work this oh this is one I included this one because I like to work in some ideology and some of our some of some of your brilliance into each episode and I think that this is one that goes to that (laughs) my brilliance um so dear Jacqueline over the summer, I got a job doing some data analysis for COVID-19. There were a lot of us working, and we'd all do whatever data analysis needs to be done through the day and send it to a centralized database. I have a lot of flexibility in what I'm doing, and nobody really checks up on me. The problem is, I have depression, and it's been getting really bad since the weather has turned cold. For over a month now, I have been doing only about half the work I'm supposed to. Nobody seems to be noticing. 
a part of me feels terrible because I'm doing something that really matters and me not getting enough work done can mean that people die before we come up with a sustainable plan to fight the virus. On the other hand, I'm struggling so much and cannot survive on disability benefits, which are hard to get, or with a reduction to my hours by half. I feel like a drain on the system, but at the same time, I'm still helping a little bit. Should I tell my supervisors or quit? I want to help, but I just can't do the work that they think I'm doing. What should I do, Jacqueline? <laughs> what is, what, what's the proper play here? Jesus Christ. Okay. <sighs> if no one's fucking mentioned that you're falling behind yet, <laughs> just keep your fucking mouth shut, okay? <laughs> That's the first thing. Rule number one. Yes. Hush. Yes. Okay? <clears throat> Second of all, honey, the weight of people dying of COVID is not dependent upon you little part-time data collection person, okay? <laughs> Let's just get that straight right now. Like, erase that thought. I understand your job is probably very important. That's been drained in you. That's been drilled in you by the fucking, your bosses. But let me just tell you that over 300,000 people have died in the United States alone now. Honey. Like one in a thousand people. And so... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pause it that there wasn't anything you could have done about any of those people. Yeah, baby. So. You punching some numbers into a keyboard from your bedroom is not yeah. going to stop this. No. So that's that would be my first kind of <laughs> to toss that out there solution <laughs> for you. I actually feel like what you're saying though, um, by writing in, is that you want someone to notice that you're falling behind. Hmm. That you're depressed. Yeah. And and that some of that may be that you aren't getting attention. Yeah. And as someone who needs attention, I can identify with this. Um, it sounds to me like there are undertones, if you will, of you wanting someone to notice that you're falling behind. And for what I would tell you as a way of dealing with that piece to this is to reach out to medical professional, <laughs> not your boss, okay? Definitely not 100% never your boss. Yeah. Reach out to a trusted uh, friend or a medical professional, a doctor, a psychiatrist, psychologist, someone else um, to kind of deal with those things. Um, but if no one's noticed yet that you're behind on your work, just keep trucking along and doing what you can, all right? Yeah. Good uh, luck. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's a... a great um, way to address the depressive side. I think that the, the way to depress the employment side is if if you getting half of your work done is only getting half of your work done, isn't like perking up anybody's ears, isn't getting you bitched at, then basically you need to understand that you're being, you are being, um, you're being asked to either do too much or your work just isn't that important, right? Like, I mean, not to diminish the work that you do, but basically that your bosses don't value the work that you do. Yeah. And so, like, shut the fuck up. Like, just, like, shut the fuck up. You know, take care of yourself and keep trucking along. Try to maybe work yourself back up to where you're doing a little bit more. But, like... And, like, capitalism has, has been ingrained in you, honey, and told you that, like, you're not worth shit if... 
you're not producing at the level at which you're expected. But that's just false. The guilt okay? that you're feeling, the guilt that yeah. you're feeling is is definitely like a, a cultural thing. And honestly, fuck it. Like, like if somebody cared, if somebody truly cared, they'd talk to you. And if they don't, and you can still get your paycheck, hell yeah, do it, fuck it, like cash the checks, um, seek out some therapy, seek out some help, work on yourself, right? Jack, my spouse and I are expecting a child in early spring. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> this is this is a particular or this is particularly joyous as we struggled with infertility for many years. Unfortunately, there was a recent death in the family. My in-laws included our unborn little one in the obituary. And they also included a name. Wait, hold on. I, I dissociated there for a minute. Who died? What obituary are we talking about? Track back. Track back. Jacqueline was just t texting and she's she looking at her goddamn phone while we're the, the, very professionally reporting this sorry, podcast. I, I admitted it, okay? The teenager was texting me. He just wanted to, he asked permission to go to the gas station. All he, right. He wants a little afternoon snack. Three, two, one, clap. Okay, congrats. I know they're having Mine's, a baby. All right, Next. so. Um, we're having a baby. Unfortunately, there was a death, a recent death in the fam. Oh, all right. So they're having a baby. This is a particularly joyous as we struggle with infertility for many years. Yeah, got that. Unfortunately, there was a recent death in the family. My in-laws uh, included our unborn little one in the obituary, and they also included a name. The problem is, is that we haven't named our little one. The gesture, while I'm sure kindly meant, was really bizarre and surprising. The name they wrote is indeed a contender on the middle name list, although this has really soured me on the name altogether. This also rubs me the wrong way because we have been really open with the family that we are strongly considering giving the baby a name for my non-English first language. I doubt this was meant to, to strong arm us into a name and more a strange reaction to grief, but the entitlement still irks me. How should I respond to this? So far, the response has been none, so as to be sensitive to the loss. In the coming months, however, do I laugh it off with a, that's one way to vote for your favorite name, or would a direct response be more appropriate? What do we tell no name yet, really, Jacqueline? Jesus. This is really falls into one of those, I try to always include one of these categories that of, like, the, something that we don't really deal with, but, like, apparently lots of people deal with is psychopathic in-laws. Like, well, just you've like, had to deal with my family. Well, it's just, so. like, crazy fucking in-laws. Yeah. Um, I have some issues. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just overstepping a boundary. 100% overstepping a boundary. So, I don't think that it should be joked about at all. Like, in all serious right now, like, um... I don't think that it should be a joke. I don't think that you should address it passively. I think maybe if you're writing in to me at this point, 
um, it's already too much time has passed before addressing it anyway. Yeah. Like, I think the second you read it, it should have been addressed immediately. Like, what the fuck? Like no. God, no. <laughs> I think it should have been like a, hey, um, uh, I understand that you may be, um, you know, you're really excited about us having a child. I appreciate that support and that shared enjoyment and excitement about our growing family. But you've crossed a line by asserting or even guessing at what we're going to name our child. Sure, sure. We have the right to name our child whatever we would like uh -huh. up until and through many days after its birth even. Uh -huh. So, like, um, please understand that this, this wasn't appropriate to me. And I want to be open and honest with you about it. Yeah. We will not be pressured about what we name our child. Um Especially not after this. I'm just thinking through it, like, as we're talking about this. And, you know, like, obviously, you know, there's been deaths. Everybody has deaths in their family. Everybody has obituaries written. It seems really odd to me to be like, I mean, I think it would read odd to read, like, Joe and Joe and Susie and their unborn child. Yeah. Um, but it also, or, like, they have five grandchildren, A, B, C, and unborn child. But also, it seems weird to just make up a name because if oh. that if that like just to fucking pick a name out of the blue yeah like i want to see the obituary like, to be like, honest because like, i want to see if they said like and little little abner who's yet to be born yeah, in, like how in, did they word know. that how did they word <laughs> like, it and like because, because also like there's infant loss especially yep. for a family who has struggled with fertility like mm -hmm. the risk that you take by naming a child an obituary of a family member that is yet to be born. Seems like you're fucking playing with fire. Yeah, well, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know if that's superstitious, but also just the fact that, like, shit happens. Yeah. Like, like, I remember when I was in college, I worked in the, um, oh, God, like the former Students Association house, okay, office. Um, and it was just its own little independent house. That's why I called it a house. But anyway, um, and one of the rules for, like, the, um, Alumni highlights section of our like magazine that came out quarterly yeah. was that they would not put in there um, wedding announcements or birth announce or or pregnancy announcements. They had to be after the wedding <laughs> uh -huh. and they had to be after the baby was sure, born. Sure. And I remember in college being like, "That's weird," but now as an adult who's been through some more shit, uh, older adult, it's <laughs> been through some more shit like. Oh, 100%. That's a great policy. We will gladly share in your excitement, your joy, your celebration after this thing has occurred. Uh-huh. It turns and, out that shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> and like when, and, and especially in the fact of a wedding that wouldn't take place or a birth that wouldn't take place or a birth that does take place and it's a stillborn child or Or maybe whatever. just a, a child's born perfectly healthy but with an entirely different name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Like, that's tragic shit. Yeah. That's tragedy uh -huh. in those people's lives. Yeah. And here we are. We've put out a magazine celebrating it. Like, uh, whoa. Uh, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's backtrack here. Uh -huh. And so, like, I think that that's kind of the problem with the obituary thing is, like, shit could still happen with this pregnancy. Yeah. Even if they are in the third trimester or whatever. Shit could still happen. Well, and what, what it also seems like is, like, they probably just chose a name to be because it would be less awkward than saying unborn child. Yeah. They wanted the family to not like not feel like excluded. Yeah. But by just choosing a name it's super awkward. Absolutely. And I think there's a million other ways you could have worded it. Yeah. Like um you know he, then, he died with grandchildren Joe, wife Jesse expecting or something. Who is expecting. Yeah. And you know Caleb and 
Asher and whomever else. Then you list the other ones. You know, you could say something like that, and it's totally appropriate. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's a... also in an obituary. I'm weirded out by that because obituaries are only something that runs like for a short period of time. So it's not like you thought she was going to have the baby in the interim period that this would be published. Oh no, they did, definitely didn't. They were just, yeah. They were just trying to include. You know, because I could see where. If the baby was going to be born before this thing was going to be published, yeah. you know, like say she was set to have a C-section in the next day, yeah. but like obituaries are published soon after someone dies yeah. and within like a week of the funeral time, uh -huh. like like it's like a week span tops. Yeah. And so like my problem with that is like you would know. No, I think I think obviously the it was an what they were trying to do is include the the unborn child as part of their family. Yeah. Um, and I guess. I, it sounds like we're maybe both of the opinion that either you don't do it or you find a much more tactful way to do it. Absolutely. 100%. And I definitely think expectant mother and her partner need to address it immediately as, as a boundary setting um, stopgap with the family who posted it in the obituary. Communication. It always comes back to that C word, right? Absolutely. All right. So this is... Um, this is um, from a different category that I also try to include, which is like Chud boat salesman dad vibes. Oh, like, like, like none of that's directly in this one, but that's definitely the vibe I get from this guy. Um, maybe you tell me if you get the same, but that's kind of what I get from this guy. What an intro. Um, it's from a gentleman named Where's the Money? Jesus Christ. I already hate it. Dear Jacqueline. I am furious with another set of parents. My 16-year-old daughter has recently told her mother and me that she is pregnant. It happened at a party that was not well supervised, and there was alcohol involved. The boy involved and his family are owning up to their share of responsibility, but the owners of the house are absolutely infuriating me. They need to admit that their share of the burden of this, as it was their booze and their house party that allowed this to happen. The family is going to have to, a lot of expenses due to, or my family is going to have a lot of expenses due to this new baby. And I don't know how much of the boy's family can help. So it seems that the party's host should help out. What? Again, as it was on their watch when this happened. So far, that family has ignored me when I've tried to speak to them about this. I am ready to call a lawyer and press the issue. But my wife thinks I'm overreacting. What do you think? Jacqueline. He gives me big <laughs> cock the shotgun as the boyfriend walks in the house. Oh, vibes. yeah. Okay. Like, this is another fucker who definitely cleans his gut out on Paul Diamond. I'm like fucking appalled. He just can't sit with the fact that his baby girl got deflowered. Oh, my Lord. It yeah. wasn't him. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. No. That's the psycho uh, psychology of all those guys. Just, yeah, so just so we're aware, mm -hmm. world, that's what all these guys want to do is. <laughs> Fuck their daughters. Okay, you're taking it a little far, but um. Listen, oh, I guess I was wrong on that. Listen, where's the money? Um, Justin just made it weird, so I don't really know what to say now. But what I'm saying is, where's the money? Is that he, they have absolutely no responsibility to you or your daughter? Okay, I'm really sorry that you haven't been open and communicating effectively with your child, your uh -huh. teenager, about sex and the ramifications that it can have, uh -huh. even when you're drunk yeah. or um, out of sorts or whatever. But blaming it on the people 
because of the location where it occurred is absolutely mind-boggling. The me. fucking gall like, of this guy. Yeah, like it's like it's, a, it's such an entitled kind of attitude uh, because it doesn't sit well with him that his baby girl is embarrassing him. The unwilling, essentially, the unwillingness of this guy to be like, well, I raised a child for sixteen years and. Um, it was only when she went to this other place where I couldn't intervene <laughs> that she made the decision to have sex and, and drink alcohol and everything else. Yeah. And it's not my fault as a parent, but the fault of the people who owned the home. <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy. Like, like, and like, but what really, really fucking tips, like tips off where this guy is at is what he says my family is going to have a lot of expenses due to this new baby. Yeah. Like, it's like the fucking money is the problem to him. Right. And he said, and like basically the putative father, we don't know if we can rely on them to help out. Like, like, oh, so is yeah. your problem that your daughter got basically Knocked up by a poor, okay. poor dude. Yeah. Like, your problem is, is that she got knocked up and then she maybe got knocked up by someone you don't approve of. Uh -huh. And I'm just kind of like... Wow, like you, you belong in my hometown, hundred uh -huh. percent. Um, uh -huh. Like, um, because it's just, it's just mind-boggling that he could think that the family, like, and maybe what he's truly after would just be them to acknowledge, like, hey, yeah, we weren't supervising them. That, that may be all he needs in the long run, but, 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 but casting it as him wanting them to like give him some financial, yeah, like, like this rim, is like, like financial, like, um. Like comeuppance yeah. about it is absolutely just like he's gonna talk to his lawyer. What oh, the fuck? I, I what want the fuck is your? What the fuck <laughs> is your legal? I want to talk about what the yeah, fuck I legal be, claim would be. I want to be in the room when he tells an attorney this. Yeah. I, I like a legit ethical attorney. So like, this. it's obviously you can't bring it into the child support case. So you yeah. have to like sue. It's so like some tort was committed, and apparently it had to be like a negligence claim by these people failing to supervise his property or something. Because what the fuck is sue on yeah. like, there's no way to recover any money right like yeah. there's like like he's, he's treating his daughter like a bailment yeah it's like a, yeah yeah like it's like, like she, i trusted her to come to your house yeah, she was in she was in your care yeah. and you let her be damaged this, this man is treating his daughter a living human being who is 16 years old as a bailment which yeah. means like who is who is with child expecting his grand son right. or daughter right and so, like, pause for the cause to explain what a bailman is. <laughs> Not that anyone cares, but it would be like when you leave your clothes at the dry cleaners. Yeah. You're trusting them to, like, return them to you in the same or substantially the same condition, maybe improved condition, yeah. um, when you come back and pay them for the service they're performing on your clothing. And these folks definitely didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> so basically, like, like, this guy's, like, his daughter is dry cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I mean, but really, throughout, he basically treats her like a piece of property. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, his wife thinks that he's overreacting, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm on team wife. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. Oh, like, You're out of line. When, you go, when you, you go back to the Yamaha dealership and tell all the boys about it on Monday, like... <laughs> They'll probably have your back, but I wouldn't waste the money on the attorney because yeah. I don't think that you're getting any. I don't think you're getting any child support from this uh, third party who just happened to like either be present or fail to be present when right. your daughter was fucking this kid. Like club God say, throw that ass, poke it out. I ain't gay, but I let a bitch eat me out. Yeah, bad bitch and my bitches too. 
Take all these niggas' money, what we fist to do. Then leave. Then leave. Get that bread, get that head. Then leave. Then leave. Bitch, then leave. Get that bread, get that head. Then leave. Peace out. Hey, club Godzilla, I ain't tricking. I'm just dicking bitches down, head down. Pop that, pop that, pop that pussy to the ground. She a freak, hoe, I put her on the team. If you keep your pussy clean, then scream. Nah, I can't give a hoe nothing. I can't give a hoe nothing. If she got good head, I buy a Sonic slushy, but I can't give her no money. Ooh, throw it back like a pro bitch. Pop that pussy like a faux bitch. Get that bag, middle fingers up to a broke bitch. Like Poke it out, I ain't gay, but I let a bitch eat me out, yeah, bad bitch, and my bitches too, okay, take okay, all these okay, niggas okay, money, okay. what we fist to do, <sighs> this one hurts, um, dear Jacqueline, I've been married for about 15 years to my husband, and we have two kids together, he is a kind and caring person, a good dad, and a thoughtful partner, we enjoy spending time together. The problem is I am 0% attracted to him and don't have any desire for sex with him. He hasn't changed very much physically in the time that we have been together. It's my response to him that has. I don't like his natural smell. I don't like the way his skin feels. I don't care to look at his face. And I have no interest in cuddling. We have sex a couple times a month, usually because I am horny and he's convenient and willing partner, or when it's been long enough that I do it to keep him from getting too grumpy about a lack of sex. I thought for a long time that I was one of those people who des whose desire decreased as I got older. And then it just says in parentheses, late 30s. A couple of years ago, I had an affair that lasted several months, and I learned I, learned I do still desire sex, a lot. Just not with my husband. The affairs in the past, I haven't spoken with my affair partner in over a year and I don't care to again. My husband knows about it and we worked through it and went to therapy. We've tried experimenting and playing with new ideas. He's willing and responsive, but it's still mostly ho-hum for me. I have read Mating in Captivity and Come As You Are and neither helped very much. I don't know what those books are, probably about trying to learn to fuck your spouse, I don't know. Um, I can't bring myself to want to desire him. I don't want to blow up my marriage over this. It's mostly a good, it's mostly a good marriage. But I can't help but feel like I am ignoring a huge part of myself and wasting my sexual years. My husband mentioned opening the marriage in the aftermath of the affair, but decided he was not on board. He was still reeling from the news at the time, but I don't think he would be any more open to it now. He struggles with anxiety, so I hesitate to bring this up with him out of fear it will trigger him to spiral and make both of us miserable. Neither of us are happy with our sex life as it is. I just don't know what else to do about it. From someone probably wants to have sex with him, just not me. Jesus Christ. What do you tell this fucking bitch? All of these were just making me sad. Yeah. Like, these are all just really making me sad. Okay. Listen, honey. <sighs> someone, like the name, someone probably wants to have sex with them just on me. Come on, bitch. Like, Come on. Okay. Like, like, <laughs> you've been married to this guy for 15 years. <laughs> that one touched on some insecurities. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, let's just, let's just, let's just take a moment. Um, I'm struck by her comment 
about sexual years, first of all. <sighs> Maybe she means means more like sexual prime, which is fine, cool, whatever. But like you can bang when you're old, baby, okay? Like, let's first just establish that. My, my, my big problem is, is that, and I think on a previous Ask Jacqueline, we discussed something that, I don't remember the exact prompt or question, but I think I have a similar answer to this one as I did to that one. In the sense that it's up to her to decide if the other parts of her marriage are worth it for her to overcome this part that may have some weakness. Yes. Um, and that's what marriage is, flatly. I mean, it's not some, like, glamorous shit, okay? You're deciding to go through it with someone else, and that's a decision you have to wake up and make every single day. Um, what I'm hearing from her is that she maybe is thinking that it's not worth it. Yeah. And that's fine. If it's not, then you need to make the decision to rip off the Band-Aid. Um, because I don't believe that anyone has, I don't think that anyone's obligated to stay in a marriage. I don't think that that's a thing anymore. Yeah. Like, um, obviously when women couldn't like have credit cards or own a home, that was a problem. <laughs> but now, like, I don't think that anyone is obligated to stay with someone if they don't want to, if they, if they cannot get up every day and make that choice. Yeah. Up until like the early seventies and like most of the Southern, like in Texas, for instance, like when your mom, probably your mom and dad just missed out on this, but like my mom and dad got married in 1980. So like in like the early seventies yeah. in Texas, a woman couldn't get like an apartment without like a letter of recommendation from, from a man, yeah. from a man. Okay. You couldn't get a credit card. You could yeah. open a bank account yeah. on your own. Yeah. Like, like, like that shit is mind blowing. Yeah. Like, um, we don't like the world has changed now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so like you have no obligation to stay married. Um, especially not for your children. Because if you're unhappy, they're going to know. Yeah. And, and that's just not necessary. But one, something I don't know that this woman would be happy with, um, which is funny and ironic to me, is that I don't know that she'd be happy if she left. Yeah. Because I think then she'd have no sex. I mean, she'd have to seek it out. Yeah. Um, and I think that maybe she's just... They're not communicating. I guess what what really bothers me about this one, the, the reason why I included this one, you're right. All like most of these are today are just like super depressing. The reason that I included this one is just like it's incredible to me how fucking dismissive and shitty she is. Yeah. Like like I don't like like what is, like just like let's just walk through this again. You've been with this man fifteen years. Fifteen years. Like, you say he's a great dad. He's a kind, caring person, thoughtful partner. Yada yada. yada. Um, but. I don't like his natural smell. I don't like the way his skin feels. I don't care to look at his face. Okay, time out. Pause there. You've already cheated on him. Yeah. Like, he has no incentive also to improve these things for you either. Yeah. Like, maybe his smell is a problem or whatever. Like, like maybe those things are legitimate things and she just doesn't word it very well. But, like, why would he fix them for someone who's already fucking shown that she'll just leave at the drop of a hat? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And or like, seek it out elsewhere. Yeah, or, like, 
I have no interest in cuddling. Okay, whatever, fine, whatever. That's how you feel. Like, I'm not going to, like, shit on your lived experience, but just, like, the attitude that you have about it. And then yeah. just being, like, then, like there's some other, like, just, like, the way that she just phrases things. Yeah, and, um, like, I'm not saying that anyone's ever obligated. She doesn't want to bring it up because he has he has anxiety, and <laughs> I don't want to trigger him to spiral because it'll make us both miss. Okay, what she's saying is that if I bring this up with him, He's gonna get fuck. He's gonna freak out about it, and Absolutely. then that'll make us both miserable. Well, yeah, bitch, you should probably expect that. Yeah, like, and can I think, you imagine telling your partner, like, I don't like to look at you? I think like we do things for our partners in a healthy relationship. <laughs> in a healthy relationship, I will pause it or start with that. You do things when a part of waking up every day and making the decision to stay with someone. You do things for your partner. That may not be natural to you or your status quo, but you do them because of the joy or importance or um, stress relief or whatever it might give your partner. Yeah. And so you're constantly making these little, um, the way I see it is little like cost benefit analysis. Like, okay, I wouldn't naturally put the, um, you, for instance, you wouldn't naturally put your towel back on the hook in our bathroom every day. You just wouldn't. That's not something that you did when we got together, when we first got together. Uh-huh. You saw that that practice was very important to me. I mean, uh-huh. rehanging your wet towel, not uh-huh. putting it in the dirty hamper, not laying it on the floor, not keeping it on the bed, not whatever. It was very, you saw that it was important to me uh-huh. that that towel get rehung on a hook after you used it. Oh. And you changed your, modified your behavior because you saw that that's a super simple, small, menial fucking task for you, even if it wasn't natural for you, but you saw how much relief or pleasure it gave me. Yeah, I mean, a relationship is about give and take. Absolutely. So, like, like I don't think you change people. I don't think you can ever go into a relationship thinking that you're going to change someone, but, but there is this constant give and give and get an ebb and flow to behavior modifications, especially in these tiny little things. Yeah. And sex isn't a tiny little thing. No, I, I mean, think like, it's a huge part that's of the one thing that I, That's the one thing about this that seems interesting is like, it seems like a lot, like he's doing all of that shit right. Like, yeah. He's hanging his towel on the hook. He's <laughs> taking care of their kid. Like, yeah. He's doing the important, I mean, I wouldn't say sex isn't unimportant, but whatever. He's doing the domestic <laughs> shit more or less right. Yeah. She's just not attracted to him. And yeah. like, where do you go from there? And she she needs to decide if that's something she can work through herself. Because it may just be a her problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she needs to decide that's something that, something that she can work through herself. Uh-huh. Um, and eventually see through. Or cut the cord. Like yeah. I said, get out. And, like, she's, and what's interesting is, like, I think psychologically it's interesting. Because, like, she says that she... He basically hasn't really changed a whole lot in the time that they've been together. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. he just gained a whole bunch of weight or something, right? Right, right. Like, he lost his hair or anything like that. Like, and so it's interesting how she, over time, has not basically become not attracted to him. Yeah. Acknowledges that he's doing more or less everything else right. Yeah. And, but I think a lot of it's like, you know, she, she doesn't know where to go from here. Like, they had, she had an affair. And doesn't know where to go, and I don't. I don't really have a good answer on this one. No, I don't either. I think. I think it truly has to come down to some soul searching for herself. Yeah. Maybe some therapy, honey. And you know, maybe spice it up in the bedroom, or I don't know. 
I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, sure, she's read books about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I presume they may have tried new things. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like she can't help it, but like I guess I don't like her attitude, and I just don't like the way that way that she's so blunt about not. Wanting... She seems very insensitive. Yes. To the fact that. This is a her problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, She's given us no information that would indicate that it's a that it's, it's a problem that can be fixed from him or that he could do more. She's only given us information that makes me feel like I need to rely on the fact that she's got to figure this shit out on yeah. her own. I love to read between the lines in these yeah. things. And, just, and you can read a whole lot between the lines and how problems are framed. Yeah. And the fact that like the reason she can't talk to him about it is because he will freak out. When obviously that's what you would expect. Well, I mean, oh my God, yeah. If you walked in one day and was like, Jacqueline, we need to talk. I'm no longer attracted to you. Yeah, I don't even have an anxiety disorder and I freak the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that hurts. Well, and then like, then like that putting hurts. the blame on, like putting the blame on him because this thing is, he's only freaking out because of his anxiety. Yeah. Um, and not because, uh, you're saying you don't like to fucking smell me or look yeah. at me or, or like, look, see my face. Like, like ouch. Like, like, come on, lady, grow the mm -hmm. fuck up. That's yeah. that. Uh, yeah, it feels very immature. To maybe me the too. answer is to grow the fuck up. Yeah, it feels immature to me as well. Okay, well, this is the last one. Here we are, the very end. Um, this is another one that I just wanted to include for fun. This is another uh, crazy in-laws situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this is in a, the, unlike most of these. these this isn't a mother-in-law. This okay. is a. This is something that you do have. And you maybe um, we didn't run into, but we maybe we could have. I don't know. This is a crazy sister-in-law story. Oh, I have some sister-in-laws. Uh -huh. How many sister-in-laws do I have first before we move forward with this? Alyssa, Haley, Kara, Tiffany, Jordan. That so is, I have five sisters-in-law. That's All your right. sister-in-laws. How many do I have? That's the lineup. You have zero <laughs> sisters-in-law. Um, I am an only child. Yeah. To to, uh, to rehash that, so you have zero. Brothers or sisters-in-law. So you, but you being a, a experienced sister-in-law, she should have a great answer for this uh -huh, one. Uh-huh, I'm ready. Dear Jacqueline, I recently got engaged to my wonderful fiancé. Immediately after announcing the engagement to our families, my future sister-in-law sat me down for a serious chat. Oh, dear. She says that she is currently saving up for breast implants and doesn't want us to marry until after she gets them done. She told me that she wants to have one family wedding album where she looks perfect and will be heartbroken if I got married against her wishes. The trouble is, my fiancé, of course, fucking as they all do in these, my fiancé says we should hold off the wedding for this reason too. He knows his sister will cause so much trouble and doesn't want to deal with the family drama. He thinks since we live together, there is no hurry for marriage anyway. I know how much he detests conflict, and it's true we are pretty much living as a married couple, but I feel like this is so wrong to postpone the wedding. He says the other option is to pay for his sister's breast implants ourselves. Am I crazy for marrying into this family? <laughs> this is from Miss Boob Delay. <laughs> okay. Okay, time out. Um... Mm. Who is who is Boo 
boob delay to fault her sister-in-law's happiness by looking so goddamn good in those pictures. I mean, I mean, the family is going to look at <laughs> that album. Who's being selfish here? The what? family is going to look at that album exactly. for years to come. Yeah, they might put some of those on the wall. Okay, let's just talk about that for a moment. Okay. First of all, what I'd like to get down to is, is she now postponing a wedding? Would it be that a normal timeline would occur before boob, boob girl could get her boobs? And now you're just maybe being a little indignant because someone told you what to do. I think that's a possibility. I do think it's out of line for sister-in-law to sit anyone down and be like, but I have to look good in the pictures on her, not her wedding day, someone else's effing wedding day. Listen, dear, I've been saving up for these new tits. Yeah. She, I, I guess I'd like to know what the timeline is on the Yeah, because I feel like, like, I do feel like as someone... <laughs> I've had to do some self-reflection on this episode. As someone who is mightily... Um, this this is, is at least my therapy. As someone who is... I'm pretty good at getting indignant and maybe a little spiteful. What? Yeah. If I have even the perception that someone is trying to control me. Uh-huh. Because uh, that is just impermissible. Oh, uh, right hell here. no. Yeah, hell no one does that. Hell no. So I feel like it is a possibility in the realm here that new wife, fiance, could potentially now be wanting to just fast track a wedding since sister-in-law has made this request. I, now, okay, hear me out. Okay. Because I would have that reaction. If someone came up to me and was like, hey, we really need you to delay the wedding so that I'll look good in the pictures, um, so can you just delay it? I'd be like, fuck you, we're getting married tomorrow, just to spite your ass. You know what I mean? Um, or I'd be like, we're going to get married when we want to get married, and you don't even have to be there, because it's not about you, bitch. Yeah, of course it's not. That's, so that, that would be my that reaction. That is the correct answer. So that would that be my the reaction. Answer, the only correct answer. If I was wife, okay? Yeah. But I also, as someone who's... <laughs> mildly insecure in several arenas, um, can, can, can understand the mind frame, even if it's selfish, but I can understand the mind frame of sister-in-law mm. in the sense that she's just like, especially if the timeline is reasonable. Yeah. I, I guess I'm going to take the prompt at, at its word yeah. and say what happened was sister-in-law sat her down and said, "We're not going to do this by this date because my boobs, I need my boobs. plastic surgery won't be completed." Yeah, and and I would like to look good in the pictures. Yeah, absolutely. And if if we're taking that at face value, mm -hmm. which I know we just talked about how we like to read into these things, so we probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> but if we're taking that at face value. It's like what the fuck, man? Like, like, yeah. like it's like, like the gall. Like, I'm just constantly, as a person who is, I guess, naturally pretty, I don't know, passive or like yeah. conflict averse. I am constantly, and like also just not a douchebag. Like, constantly like blown away by the fucking gall of. And these I do think that extended families, especially as you're contemplating building your new nuclear family. So the family that, what I mean by that extended family would be the family you came from or the family I came from. It's hard in the transition time 
to set the boundaries and getting everyone to understand that you and me are now the family. Uh-huh. That's hard for us and that's hard for our families. Um, and so to apply some of the principles we used in the obituary situation where we need to set a hard and fast boundary with our extended family about what role they're going to play yeah. in our lives and or our children's lives. Um, I think in this situation, um, I don't know that setting that boundary with sister-in-law is actually effective. Because to me, if you were to say, if your reaction was, hey, I know how you feel. I get how you feel. But you're crossing a boundary by saying that, even saying that to me, because my wedding day is not about you. Uh-huh. And your brother's or your sister's wedding day, my partner's wedding day is also not about you, even if you are his sister. Yeah. Um, the problem with that is, is that I think in this situation, it just gives sister-in-law the ability to be like, I was just joking. Yep. Well, she, I mean, that's the only play for her. Absolutely. Like, she has to, she has to basically... But, be- like, but like the family, the baby's name in the obituary can't be like, oh, we were just joking. Yeah. Like, they can't, they don't have that out. So I do feel like the principle is maybe a little different here in the sense that sister-in-law could pretty, be pretty dismissive. Like, oh, girl, I, you took that seriously? Come oh, on. I mean, I sat you down. Yeah. As but an elaborate ruse. I'll tell you the real problem I have is not even with sister-in-law. Uh-huh. It's with potential new partner. Yeah. Fiance saying, well, we could just pay for them. Yeah, well, that's the fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, like, no, so let's talk, let's, let's talk about the husband. And we've gotten to this, I think, in both other of these that we've done. But Jesus Christ. There's always a man in a family in these like it's like a recurring recurring character in these yeah. bit player in these <laughs> who's like been through this shit was raised by the, in these really kind of like unhealthy kind of like manipulative situations yeah. either by usually it's by mothers but like also sometimes like I guess apparently sisters um, could be fathers could be brothers you know but mm-hmm. here it's a sister who will raise enough hell about this particular issue mm-hmm. or he's willing to tell his fiance, who he presumably loves, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just not worth it. Like, yeah. the, like the fight you're about to have yeah. is not worth it. So he's he's willing to pay thousands of dollars for his sister to get a boob job. What? Or, no. yeah, or like at least delay the wedding. Yeah. Like his options are delay the wedding yeah. or let's just fucking get her tits. And that's and, where I have the problem is yeah. that he, talking about this transition time where you're loosening the reigns, ties, relationships with your your once nuclear family to create a new one, they're hard. Those yeah. transition times are hard. But let me tell you, they're fucking important. Yeah. And, you, and, and the, the stances you take and the reactions you have during those transition times are going to be so indicative of how your marriage is yeah. going to be. And and I love doing I love doing these episodes because like it really shows. Usually, it really shows you kind of like dyna- family dynamics, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like, like usually you're looking at this, the problems from top down. What the problem? And I think we've seen this in our own lives a little bit, but like, yeah. the problems from top down are older generations having a hard time acknowledging the kids who are coming into their adulthood um, are adults. Yeah, like with the ability to like make Absolutely. personal family financial decisions for Absolutely. themselves. Um, but also, that also is a lateral problem as well, because here it's kind of like sister who's always treated brother like a mm-hmm. like a punching bag or some like may, you know maybe he just like oh he just couldn't get his shit together or whatever yeah. oh he just oh, does doofus little brother does whatever, whatever I'm going to tell him to do. 
like I think that I can just tell my brother to fucking not get married because I want to look better in the pictures. <laughs> it's, it's like this is gonna be a huge Instagram moment for me, and you're not gonna fuck this up for me. And like that's like so like you see this and you see this in families. It's like it's a, just like it's instructive of like how family dynamics work about yeah. like at some point families have to accept even the even your fail sons grow up yes and become men and have then find fiancés and wives that they have to um, you know be a man for yeah and the problem here. Besides, like, the just, like, completely narcissistic ask of sister-in-law, the real problem here is fiancé for not just being like, oh, fuck her. I can't believe it. Yeah, like, sorry she did that. She She's just wilding out. She's fucking, like, not yeah. sane here, yeah. right? And we're going to get married on the date that we picked because that's the right thing to do, right? 100%. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're back, folks. We're, we're, officially, we're back. Um, who knows for how long? But <laughs> this is really, Jacqueline. This is really fun. I had fun doing it. I hope that we can uh, drop in and uh, do this from time to time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Those of you are still with us, and we and will... thank you, dear sisters-in-law, all five of you, for not uh, even speaking to our marriage date. Yeah. <laughs> Glad your boobs are all in order. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, ladies. Have uh, a good day. We'll see you.